Welcome to the WealthStream Podcast. The team at Hightower Great Lakes share their insights and passions for empowering their clients to live their best life. In this energetic podcast, we will take you on a journey to help you navigate your financial future, overcome life's challenges to reach your financial goals, and find the financial clarity you've been searching for. Let's explore the downstream impact of your wealth and what it means to you, your family, and your community to live greater. Hello and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Today we're going to be talking about fiduciary planning process. And Tim has a lot to cover today. I'm excited to get started. Good morning, Tim. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing very well. Excellent. Uh, this, this topic is interesting. There's a lot of misunderstanding around fiduciary and financial advisor, financial planner, financial gurus, financial people. I mean, there's all sorts of titles we could use. Uh, and, and fiduciary is going to be one of those things that we need to kind of map out. So where are we going to start today? Well, we've talked in the past about a lot of very specific planning that we've done, some tools we use, processes like family meetings, mm-hmm. charitable, giving, philanthropy, uh, the family bank, you know, setting up lifelong learning. And I, I was thinking when we were finishing the last podcast that I probably got ahead of myself a little bit in the sense that it's I think it would be nice to walk through or discuss the common theme of all that, which is our fiduciary planning process and our team and and why we choose to you know set up a mod, a business model, a financial planning firm that focuses on that. Yeah, and for for the folks listening and anybody who's heard commercials or are hearing financial planners that say, well, I'm a fiduciary or you need a fiduciary. If we try to do the research on our own, on our own, it doesn't necessarily help us out because the, the definition, according to the internet, according to almighty Google, uh, mm-hmm. fiduciary involving trust, especially with regard to relationship between a trustee and a beneficiary. That doesn't tell me anything really. I mean, as far as yeah. what a fiduciary is. So I know you're really going to break it down today. Uh, how can you help us understand what a fiduciary is and what that process should look like? Sure. Well, one of the things we have in on all of our agendas, uh, we talk a little bit about it, almost all of our meetings, is our mission. And our mission statement says, we deliver proactive, objective advice, plans, and solutions that enable our clients to reach their unique family goals. And I know that's a lot of words, and I promise it's not just jargon. Mm-hmm. Because we really worked with some wordsmiths, because uh, I'm an accountant, so I, I'm not good at that. But to really come up with a clear, concise uh, focus on proactive, objective, you know, advice, mm-hmm. those are the key words, unique family goals. That's really part of the basis of fiduciary planning. And our value proposition, which we also talk about with clients, is you know, we actually choose to be unbiased fiduciaries. So it is a choice, and I want to talk a little bit about that. What that means is we have a, a somewhat high, we have a higher level of obligation to work on behalf of our interests, be objective, be transparent. Um, it, it's a legal obligation, mm. and I thought that probably the best way to explain it because it's really a it's not an easy word or easy concept to explain to clients. But there's a couple of examples, a couple of videos that we have on our website. I could use as examples to kind of talk about the difference between a, a broker and a fiduciary, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And so those videos are available to anybody? Yeah. So if you go to our website, you can find them. And they're actually created by Hightower Advisors, which is a you know, fiduciary registered investment advisory firm and are one of our partners. Mm-hmm. 
and there's two of them. So one of them I think was done originally and I, it's really very done very creatively and everyone should watch it, but I'll just explain it briefly. And, you know, it, it compares what they call uh, a butcher, you know, versus a dietitian. So we're in the holiday season right now. Uh, my family's coming over. We have a uh, 40 coming over to our house. Oh, wow. A couple weekends. <laughs> just a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. Just a couple. And so <laughs> I go into town and I go to my favorite butcher, which is beef Mart. And I talked to Mike and, you know, Mike, I said, I need a beef tenderloin. And I, I trust that Mike is going to give me the best advice as it relates to beef. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mike's not going to tell me, hey, Tim, you know, maybe you want to have fish or maybe you want to have some vegetables. You know, he's, he's a butcher mm-hmm. and you know, he's great at selling meat. I trust Mike uh, to get the best cut of beef. But, you know, when I go to my dietitian, there, she's going to go through a series of lab tests, analysis, and she's going to come back to me with the, her best thinking based on her education or training, her resources and say, yeah, this, this beef is good, but maybe you should have some fish. Maybe you should, you know, cut back your diet. Uh, maybe that your cholesterol is too high. And, and really brokers are in this analogy, uh, butchers, you know, they're, they're, they sell product, they manufacture product. And I think as a fiduciary, or just to compare it to a dietitian, and, and again, this video does a much better job than I can explaining it. We really analyze the client's goals, their situation, their lifestyle, their needs before we get to what cut of beef or you know what product or what investment they should have. So I think it's a pretty good example or video that really um, is better at explaining than versus going to Wikipedia or something like that. Exactly. Or Google. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and here's the thing is that what I like, I like what you said is that there's nothing wrong with Mike. Mike is a yeah. pro, right? Mike, Mike is a professional for what he does, but it's, it's a one-stop sh- or it's a one service shop. It's beef, right? It's meat. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you need a Mike, and then you also need a Carol who sells chicken. You need a a Steve who sells fish, and you need a you know whatever. You've got all these different pieces, and if you're not taking time to speak to the dietitian about a, what a well-rounded plan is and where the best farmers market is for the vegetable side of things, exactly, you, you do lose out, right? I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Yeah. The other example I use, and my wife and I, Nancy, we. Just in the last year and a half, we decided to downsize. So we have five children. Uh, they're all out of the house. They're all doing their own thing, very successful. We're super proud of them. And of course, we're empty nesters now, and we had a bigger house to raise five kids, so we decided to downsize. Mm-hmm. And we ended up selling our house and building something smaller. And through the process, you know, the example I'll give you is uh, we compare sales versus service. You know, a broker is more of a salesperson. Whereas we, we feel like we're much more service orientated as fiduciaries. So as we were going through the building process, you know, we had the, had to pick windows, right? Mm-hmm. And Anderson windows are great. Just as an example, they manufacture the windows. They have a whole system to distribute those windows. They have wholesalers, they have retailers, but I didn't go to a Anderson window manufacturer sales rep to pick my windows. I worked with a general contractor who really helped me like, well, you know, what kind of windows do you want? You know, do you want wood? Do you want plastic fiberglass? Um, how do they fit into the style of the house? Mm-hmm. And so we kind of came up with a plan and then we actually did consider Pella windows, Anderson windows, a couple other brands. But the point is that oftentimes you go into your bank, for example, and there's a broker there and typically they manufacture the product. They distribute the product. They, they either wholesale it or retail it. And this, broker at the bank is kind of the end 
the end of the game, the end of the node where he or she is working with the advisor, but it's not, or with the client, but it's not a um, surprise that a lot of the products they manufacture end up in the portfolios. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing. It's just that there's inherent conflicts that we choose not to have when we operate as fiduciaries, when we're more service orientated. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that really clears up kind of the difference uh, between a fiduciary. And, and so in this example, going back to Mike, Mike wouldn't be a fiduciary because he has one track, one product, one role to fill. He would just be a supplier where a fiduciary helps you take a look at the entire picture, or in this case, the the the, the builder helps you not pick out stained glass windows when that just really doesn't fit the style of uh, a modern <laughs> yeah. house. Exactly. And Anderson windows are great, but they're not going to have every product for every need. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's really the bottom line. Exactly. Exactly. Great and, examples. And so, yeah. And so when we, when we work with clients, uh, like I said, we, we choose to be, it's a choice. We choose to operate as fiduciaries for our clients. And what, what that does is that requires a higher level of loyalty, duty, disclosure, transparency to the client. Mm-hmm. But I also think it also, uh, what clients tell me they like about it is we sit on the same side of the table as them and basically work as advocates for them uh, in negotiating, you know, whatever uh, plan, whatever plans we want to put together, whatever products they want to purchase. And, you know, we just want the lowest cost, best provider for any vendor that we might end up selecting. So I, I think it's a better way to do business with our clients. Well, wow, I, I really like that picture that you just painted. What I kind of look at is you're in a board meeting, you've got a, a long table, you're sitting there on the same side as your client, and you're quote unquote interviewing or, or going through the different vendors that are there. And so I picture all the vendors, and I want to go back to the food thing just well, because I love food and you already talked about <laughs> too, having yeah. a dinner party. But now you've got Mike on the other side, you've got Carol on the other side who's got the fish, you've got Steve who's, who's got the poultry, you've got the farmer from the farmer's market, you've got all of them on the other side of the table. While you're sitting with your client discussing, okay, let's let's look at what they have to offer, and we're going to take a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, a little bit of column C, and we're going to put this plan together because this best fits your overall needs. It's you interviewing them or helping them to choose the right products for them out of a big pool of multiple different vendors, multiple different people that is going to be the quote-unquote perfect plan or the best plan for your client. I love the picture of you sitting on on their side. Uh, with them, alongside them. Exactly. And, you know, one of the things that clients will see when they come to our office, when they talk to us is kind of as evidence of our commitment to being fiduciaries is the the team we've built. So when you look at our team of advisors, of support people, you know, we have six advisors who have a combined 111 years mm. of planning experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got two certified financial planners. Um, I'm a CPA. We have two accredited investment fiduciaries. I mean, there's so much jargon in my industry, uh, but you know, I just kind of walk you through that just to explain how committed we are to uh, making sure we're certified, educated, and trained. Uh, we have several CFAs, Chartered Financial Analysts that, that are on our team. And, and as a result of all the certifications and education that we commit to, uh, you know, we as a combined group, we spend 200 hours a year or more in continuing education, just making sure we're current. Um, and so I, I think when you look at our team, when you, you know, go to our website or you know, come visit us or talk to us, you'll find that part of their, our commitment to being fiduciaries is really our investment in people 
and then beyond the advisors, you know, we've got a team of uh, eight support people who commit are committed to supporting the advisors, supporting the clients. And as a result, we manage about $800 million of assets for clients and probably three to four times that advising on other assets. So we are really committed and we put our money where our faith is in the fiduciary process. Tim, that's impressive. I mean, if uh, you're spending over 200 hours a year for that continuing education, that's that's a lot. So that's a lot of commitment. It is. And the other thing that people will see when they look at our agendas that I think show our evidence or our commitment to fiduciary processes, uh, a focus we have on transition points when we do our planning. Transition points being when I gather information from you as a client, Eric, I might ask you, you know, what are you planning for? You might be talking about upcoming marriage, job change, promotions. Maybe you're buying a house. Uh, you're talking about children, grandchildren. You know, as we get into retirement or what we call work optional dates. So we really focus a lot of energy on transition points because when you're looking at and analyzing somebody's situation, it's so important to identify what those goals are and then plan for those goals mm -hmm. or what we call transition points. So I think a lot of times I, as I talk to clients or just prospects or people, they are waiting for me to talk about a product and we really can't talk about product until we do a, a lot of analysis up front. Yeah. Without having the whole picture, how could you possibly suggest any, any tools or resources for them? Exactly. And the other thing you'll find when, as, as evidence of the fiduciary processes, we uh, follow very strict processes when we do our planning. Uh, there's a certified financial planning has a lot of great tools and that we use and we use their, um, their, their step, their planning process to help us with all the agendas, not just when we're doing the plan up front, but as we're doing the reviews and the updates uh, as we're working with clients over the years. So we start the process by a meeting where we're establishing, you know, the relationship. I have some clients who want us to control pretty much everything in the process. I have other clients, especially the business owner entrepreneurs I work with, who still like to be very much in charge. Uh, they like to be, as we call it, um, kind of manning the control deck mm -hmm. of, you know, for the flight, but they want to make sure that we're landing the planes properly. Yeah. So we, we like to establish that relationship. Plus, sometimes clients want to meet often. Sometimes they want to meet periodically, like once a year, twice a year. So everyone's a little different. But then once we gather the that information, we gather their financial data, we focus on planning for today, you know, what are their immediate goals? Uh, we focus on planning for down the road in the what we call intermediate future. That might be retirement planning, healthcare, estate planning. But then we also, I think where we're different is we, we plan for much later, which gets involved with some of the generational wealth planning that we talked about in earlier podcasts. And then more importantly, once a plan is set up, because plans are only good if they're living doc, you know, they're not they're, they're living the plans as opposed to a document you put in a drawer. Mm -hmm. We really focus a tremendous amount of energy on monitoring, reporting, and updating those plans because situations change very rapidly. Yeah. I mean, life happens. I and mean, that's the biggest thing is that out of everything, I really want people to understand from this podcast that the whole word and term fiduciary. Tim's done a fantastic job of explaining it and giving some really good examples, but I want to drive the point home with they're legally bound. That's, I mean, that's what a fiduciary is. They're legally bound to do what's in the, in the client's best interest. And part of that is the ongoing relationship, being able to say, okay, 
Let's make sure that we're checking in, whatever that is, um, quarterly, uh, monthly, for crying out loud, whatever, whatever it needs to be for a specific client or yearly, and find out what's going on. Because there could be a major change, uh, an, an unexpected grandchild that d- just didn't know about. And all of a sudden, surprise, we're going to have a grandchild and they weren't planning it uh, or the, the, their kids weren't planning it necessarily. But it's a surprise and that can be a total change in the planning and the, the ideas and the thoughts that you have for what you want to do in the next 10 to 20 years, because that's a whole nother life that you want to plan for to, to help along the way, whether that's through education or changing your trust or your changing your will or whatever that would mean to include that new, that new life. Yeah. There's the transition points. Sometimes we can plan for them. Other times they just pop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the grandchildren, one you mentioned are always the fun ones. Oh yeah. And we get involved with doing, you know, 529 accounts or education accounts, lifelong learning funding for them. Uh, but we also work a lot with those uh, not so good ones. Yeah. We're doing more and more planning for our clients, parents, a lot of elder planning mm. and making sure that uh, everything is taken care of, you know, while they're living prior to death uh, and prior to them, hopefully uh, the point where they need uh, long-term care, home health care, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I've been watching a lot of videos about surprising parents with their dream car, right? The kids that have made it and are successful and they want to surprise their, their parents with their dream car. Maybe they've sacrificed so much for their kids and they never really got that new car or they didn't get that classic car that they always wanted. And so a lot of those videos, of course, you know, I'm a big blubberer. So it kind of brings a tear to my eye to see that. Oh, that's, that's really nice. And I think about folks that can do this type of planning and then can kind of surprise their parents with some, some help with their long-term plans, with their long-term health care, because maybe their parents sacrificed a lot to get them to where they were at. And that's what kind of what you do is you give them the ability to give back to their parents in a way that maybe they never thought they could. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And just as an aside, I've, my son, Brendan is out in LA uh, working in Hollywood, becoming famous. And I said, Hey, Brendan, you know, when you become famous and hit it rich, I don't want a car. I want a house in Malibu. So, <laughs> I, I don't know if he's going to do that for me, but uh, <laughs> you got to set those expectations early, right? <laughs> exactly. Throw it out there. It's a trial balloon, right? Then here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now that if he becomes famous and we're going to do that, if, if you give a mouse a cookie kind of thing, <laughs> if, if he becomes famous and he buys a house in Malibu, at some point, I'm I'm hoping you'll let me visit, right? Absolutely. For a couple, oh, couple weeks, just a couple weeks. That's yeah, all. You're on the list, for all right, sure. Sweet. All right. I'm, um, I'm holding you to it, writing it down. <laughs> uh, and one other thing I wanted to just talk about briefly is, again, just an example of our commitment to being a fiduciary is really how we get paid mm. and how we structured our compensation differently than a typical broker. So you might, when you go, when you talk to a broker, he or she will likely set up an investment account. They'll charge a percentage of an asset management fee, maybe 1%, 1.5%, something like that. And what that fee will cover typically is investment advice as well as planning or whatever planning that can they offer you. What we do specifically as fiduciaries is we separate those two. The, the thought is that if I have two clients with identical amounts of money who are paying the same advisory, the asset management fee, but maybe I'm meeting you, Eric, twice a year, and I'm meeting another client five, six times a year because they're in a transition point. Somebody's always subsidizing somebody else. It's just not a fair or transparent system. Mm, okay. So what we decided to do was break out, you know, what does it cost to provide the investment advice itself? 
And then separately, what does it cost to provide some of the planning? Because we have clients who, let's say I did a lot of planning for you, but now you're in retirement and you're moving off to Arizona. So I, I don't necessarily have to do as much complicated planning. Maybe I'm not meeting you as often. You shouldn't pay as much. So your planning fees or your planning retainers would go down. On the other side, if you need additional planning for exiting a business, maybe we're setting up a lifelong learning plan for your family or a family bank, those fees should be higher. So it's just a more transparent, more accurate pay for service type of plan that I think a fiduciary offers that you will not get from a broker. And you say that your fee should be higher, I'm assuming, because with those situations, whether you're doing a trust or you're doing the lifelong learning plan, exiting a business, that's a lot more involved and your team's going to be much more involved in, and spend a lot more time with that client. Yeah. In those cases, not only do we get more of our team involved, but we typically set meetings with the client's team, their CPAs, their uh, yes. attorneys, their other advisors. So it just requires more hours, but the value is, is tremendous. I mean, the, 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 the cost benefit is great, but it does require more time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And for those of you that just heard what Tim said, they, their team meets with your team. So if you have uh, an advisor, if you have an insurance agent that you love working with, you've got an attorney that you love working with, and all these different team members, that's one of the things that we've covered on a past podcast. So definitely go back and check out some of these other podcasts that Tim has done. He talks a lot about how his team, they don't take over. They don't, they don't replace your team members. They come in alongside and they help to organize everybody to be on the same page for your best interest, whatever that is. Uh, for your business or for your family, whatever it is, it's it's they're really organizing that structure. Yes, exactly. And, and I would just kind of finish with fiduciary is a very hard concept to explain. You know, we choose to be fiduciaries. It's a lot harder than being a broker because there's much more work involved. Mm -hmm. You have to make much greater investments in people and staff and technology resources. But I think it's what clients need and clients want, people need and want. So that's why we do it. And if for more information on it, you know, people can always just contact me to get more additional data or additional or contact people on our team to find more information. All right. And how did they contact you? So you can come to our website. Uh, you can call me. Uh, you can email me uh, anything. But we're always glad to help. We're always glad to uh, provide answers to any questions you have. And we typically post resources on the website related to the podcast. So check those out. Absolutely. And for those of you that are listening to this right now and driving, just come back to this later and get this information because I don't want you trying to write it down now. But for those that have a chance to write something down, Tim, can you give them your phone number so they can reach out to you? Sure. My direct line is 219-246-5370. And my email is tscannell, S-C-A-N-N-E-L-L, -L, at hightoweradvisors.com. Perfect. And you could also Google Hightower Great Lakes. That is a good use for Google right there. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Do you have any closing thoughts for us today? Uh, just that, again, as a fiduciary, I think clients work with us because we don't sell products. We really do focus on creating very customized plans based on every client's unique needs. So we put a lot of time and effort and energy and resources into that. If you're a business owner looking to exit or if you're looking for planning related to any transition point you have, please contact us. Absolutely. Tim is a great resource and a great man. So it'll be fun to get into a relationship with him and his team and see what they can do. 
And the nice thing is, is he'd be happy to meet with you and, and chat about that and see if it's a good fit. If it's not, he's going to tell you this isn't something that you need or we're not exactly the right team for you. And he can point you in the right direction. But most likely, I feel that you're going to go in there and say, hey, this is something I never knew even existed as what this fiduciary, quote unquote, does and what their team provides. And I think that'll be a fantastic fit. So give it a shot. Give them a call. Have that conversation. It's not going to cost you anything. All right. Thank you, Tim, for your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. And thank you all for listening to the Wall Stream Podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the WealthStream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available. And don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hightower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. 